The Dogs of War podcast is brought to you by Fansided. Party on, Raleigh, and party on, Kevin. Hey! Dogs of War! Dogs of War! Podcast! Cleveland Browns! It's the offseason. It's time to talk brown stuff with your excellent co-host, Raleigh. And with him, as always, is equally excellent co-host, Kevin. Browns confirmed, Raleigh. Browns confirmed, Kevin. Dogs of War! You guys have... Not wild words. You guys have, like, the prettiest dog ever. Aw, thank you. Thank you. Oh, he, doesn't listen, he doesn't listen very well. Oh, he's sometimes. a good boy. He's a good dog. No, he's okay. Can you guys hear us all right, by the way? Can you hear a fan in the background? We'll turn that shit off real quick. No. My AC's getting fixed in an hour, thank God. This is a special occasion. Not only are we joined by two fantastic reoccurring guest, but this is the first time me and Kevin have recorded a podcast in the same room. Hey, cheers. Since COVID. And welcome back to the Dogs of War podcast. It is our extreme pleasure to welcome back our good pals, as Raleigh already said, reoccurring guests, the Tellers, Mr. and Mrs. Wyatt and Carly Teller. Guys, great to see you. You look fantastic. (laughs) Thank (laughs) Thank you. you Good to see you guys. You guys look pretty well yourself. So much has changed since we last spoke. Um, a lot. <laughs> a playoff win in Pittsburgh. A playoff ass-beating win in Pittsburgh. Shout out you guys. Fantastic blocking, <laughs> Mr. Teller. Um, Carly, you were there for moral support, correct? Oh, I was there. I heard, I heard I, it. it. was crazy. Well, there were so few people there. Wyatt could just hear me yelling. That's his name. <laughs> I saw him pointing to you between plays. Um, yeah. And you guys got married. Hey. COVID we did. Days. Um, Back at it. Woo! What should we, no pun, in, uh, pun intended, what should we tackle first? Oh. <laughs> uh, man, I don't know. I just, you know, I know you guys have been asked this 8,000 times. I know you've already talked about the wedding and the gator 8,000 times, but. We're going to talk let's about do one, Just one more time. Why not? <laughs> All right. So you guys got married because uh, I uh, was down the street watching on Instagram. Uh, was it the last week of April? Week. It was the it was Easter weekend. Four, three, two, one was the date. Wow! Um, actually, it looked absolutely fantastic, stunning. Congratulations! Um, I told you guys already that I was un- accidentally like next door for this wedding. Yeah, so you were at the resort like down the road, right? So, like I told you guys at the draft, I, I think I've told the story on the podcast before, but very, very quickly, I was down in the Keys that weekend uh, with Hellwork Key Largo. And I remember we were sitting, we were at a house, like right on the water. I remember just like looking down at my phone, just sitting on the back deck, overlooking the, the ocean. Um, I'm flipping through, I come to Carly's store. I'm like, oh, you know, they're getting married. That's right, they're getting married. And I saw you were posting from like somewhere else in Florida. I'm like, oh, sweet, like a Florida wedding. And I saw, and you start tagging Key Largo. I'm like, wait, like, is there like another Key Largo? Like Bahamas maybe or something? I'm like, no way. And then you post like at this, like the, whatever you guys were at. And I was like, wait a second. And I click it like on Instagram and, you know, the ad, the thing popped up and you guys were like two blocks away. Like, I looked down the water. I could see exactly where you were. I'm like, oh, this is so weird. This is so creepy. But that's what's funny about Key Largo. It's not very big. So even if you were in the Keys, I mean, you're only an hour and a half away. You know what I'm saying? I, I know. I, like, I mean, they're, they're right over there. And I just had them on the podcast a couple months ago to talk about their wedding. And here my goofy ass is 100 yards from where they're getting married. <laughs> I was like, this is the creepiest, unintentional thing in the world. But, hey, congratulations. It looked fantastic. Oh, oh yeah. Thank bungalows. You. Yeah, like you said, bungalows, Key Largo. It was, it it was, was beautiful. Stunning. It and all they did such out. a good job. You should have came down and partied with us. It was <laughs> well, very lovely. Fair, I, I told them that, uh, you know, in 20, 30 years, when you guys go down there and renew your vows or however long it takes, I'm going to be on a jet ski in the back with a Teller jersey blasting like Chris Brown forever or something. Yes! <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> now, I think I'm going to uh, – the last wedding I want to crash is uh, the wedding of an NFL lineman. Um, mm. Smart. Smart. Yeah, so. You would have been very welcomed. Wait, on that – yeah, you would have been welcomed. But on that day, you know, nothing was going to It's gonna funny. That. It's funny. The resort was like – it's very private. Like, we were only allowed to have a wedding of 35 or less. Like, they were pushing it with us at this resort. And it was funny. The – 
the people at the resort were like, don't worry, it'll be really private. Like nobody will be able to get onto the resort to take pictures. And I'm like, we're not that. Yeah, don't cool. worry about us. <laughs> like acting like there was some paparazzi or something. I'm like, no, 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 it's not like that. Just watch out for Kevin. Just a weirdo down the street. Yeah. <laughs> this guy keeps screaming, please let me let me do a live podcast recording. No, because I was I like, them. make it about us, make it about me. I was me. like, damn it, if we seem like the bars on the keys after, it's gonna be the weirdest thing in the world. No, oh, that's awesome. But yeah, no, it was it was a great experience. Um, you know, it we planned the whole thing in four months. It was Sweet. crazy. You guys did have a crazy quick yeah, that's impressive. And well, there, was, there, was, there was two options. We could, well, all the weddings from 2020 had to get re, redone. So it's like there's people who had a wedding venue two years in advance until 2021 to hope that this thing was over. So it's like now all those weddings are finally happening. And it's like now they're double booking Friday, Saturday, and Sunday are weddings the entire time. So it's like we wouldn't have really found the venue we wanted. It would it would have just turned into, it would have been hard if no one was vaccinated. My, you know, I come from the South. So my family, uh, my dad's vaccinated who I thought wouldn't be, but my no one else had, is. Hey, I'm from the South and my mom and dad are vaccinated. So it would have been difficult to, to, you know, to work that and everything. So it worked out perfectly. We kind of just made the decision. We were like, okay, we either get like, make this happen and get married in like four ish months or we need to wait because of the season. I mean, there's such a limited time with football season. It's either we do that or we wait until 2022. And we were like, you know what? Like, honestly, like we just want to be married. And everyone, of course, everyone was like, Oh, are you pregnant? And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> Why but, does everyone default to that? I don't understand that. It's like, no, I think the norm is to have this, you know, year long engagement and have this big wedding. And I think in a normal world, we would have had this huge wedding, yeah. but it just, it didn't work out that way for us. And honestly, we've said this since then. I think that a big wedding would have been so stressful. We're almost like grateful that we did little. I think it was great yeah. for us. So. I mean, that being said, like there's obviously people we wish that could be there. Yeah, I like you guys. Like 85% of my friends from college I haven't seen since college, since the day I left. So it's like, it would be yeah. really cool to see some of those guys and, you know, high school buddies and everything like that. But it worked out perfect. I yeah. am so pro small wedding. I too mm-hmm. got the, the 35 the 35 number in Kate's parents' backyard. Like, this is awesome. Like, everyone yeah. there you want to talk to. It's like, there's other people you want to talk to, but of course. It's such a blur anyway. It's like, well, I don't want to talk to this guy that much or like the weirdo. <laughs> exactly. The and not only that, like, every time we'd even get close to stressing, we'd be like, it's okay. 35 people. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing to stress about. We don't have to worry about who doesn't like each other. You know what I mean? Like, we don't have to worry about this table and this table and putting, you know, your second cousin twice removed on this table. You know what I mean? You and just- it gave our it gave our families a vacation. We we knew that we wanted to do all inclusive, and we basically got gave a vacation to our immediate families in our bridal party. And they and there were no kids. It was because it was an adults only resort, and so it was like also an opportunity for our families to get together and have a little. You know, two three days couples retreat with yeah. the, the would know, recommend. Look, it, that's a great description of if you saw that even in your pictures in that movie, it's like the same place. Exactly. Yes, yes exactly. it is. But it was it was really cool. So like everybody could have their own experience while also experiencing you know the wedding of us. Yeah. So but moving on to the most important day of my life, um, how about that playoff win? <laughs> 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 and why you're the kind of guy that kind of puts his head down, grinds, whatever. I don't know if you get caught up in the moments or you don't. Did you feel anything kind of special? Like, oh, this city hasn't been to the playoffs since the Eisenhower era, let alone (laughs) dominating the Steelers in Pittsburgh, which that last time that happened was 2002. Shout out to Couch, other podcast episode guest. Um, Did did you guys – was there – was that – component of this this what it meant to the city did you guys feel that at all oh i mean when we broke the curse i mean it was it was everything you know what i mean because it, it's been 20 years almost 20 years since we've gone to the playoffs and then won in the playoffs so were those like two big Insane. records that were broke? like we went the and curse. then we won what was the playoff was- dr- the playoff drought was the longest in the nfl yeah um Playoff win, we were still ahead of, I think, the Bengals. We won one in oh, okay. 94. But 
ridiculous thing is not beating the Steelers in Pittsburgh. I think it was that same year since 2012 or 2002. Oh, wow. So it was, it was, yeah, it was important to do that. Um, And especially after earlier in the year, they, you know, whooped our ass. I wasn't playing, but um, they whooped our ass. So it's like, you know, (laughs) they needed, they needed a little bit of payback. And plus like, you know, I started off 11 four. They were, yeah. Didn't they like kill it the whole part? Like it was important to, to win that game. To beat it was, them, uh, the Washington football team. They lost to them, and then it the wheels kind of fell. Yeah, I, I mean, guys, I mean, you obviously had a. We were there. You guys had a whole stadium full of grown men just crying, weeping. Is the good weeping? Word. Weeping. That was to clinch the playoff. Oh yeah, right. but I mean, just just the fact that we got there. That was even before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know it was it, it was insane. So you know what was really crazy about that whole game is you know Joel wasn't playing. So a guy who's who's won you know in five years, won as many games as he won in one year. Think about that. So he, yeah, 0-16, 1-15, 3 13 You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so it was hard. And then I think the his fourth year, he was, you know, 7 and whatever. So it was it was 7 or 9 or something like that. But it was, so he didn't have a lot of success. And then when he, you know, when I was going to that game, I was like, all right, I'm going to whoop whoever's ass in front of me that I have to to get Joel on a playoff team to get him to play in a playoff game and he did and we did it they I mean then again they pooped down their legs and gave us 20 28 points literally gave us 28 points but that was insane were y'all just at home just freaking out I will I will never I will never forget uh someone sent me a text it was it said tutty with like a bunch of exclamation marks like right as the game kicked off and I was like stop stop like stop not realize, like, I was screaming at the person, like, don't even, like, joke around, like, right now with that. Not knowing that I was 30 seconds behind on my feed. So oh, the text was like, what are you talking about? And then I started getting all these texts, like, you know, F word, F word. I don't even know what I was swearing anymore. Um, <laughs> that sounded really lame, F word, F word. But then finally, <laughs> my feed caught up, and I was like, oh, my God. The funniest thing after that is when they released the, the video of Kareem on the sidelines, like, screeching as that was going on. I'm just unbelievable. I mean yeah. – I, I, it was amazing. And those kind of games, like I have to watch by myself alone, in like a dark living room, which where I was. That's what I did. So I'm just sitting there just like running around screaming my living room like a lunatic. My neighbors probably called 911 at least four times, but incredible. <laughs> but it was, I mean, it was still like, okay, that was one. We, we still, you guys, you, you broke the playoff curse. Yes. You guys haven't broken the curse of letting my heart get down to a normal level before the quarter ends. Oh, never, never. We won't. Well, that's the thing. Like, one, you got to keep in mind that Browns fans are, you know, it's like, it's too good to be true. No, there's no way we're that good. You know, they're going to break my heart. And then all of a sudden we start winning. All right. You know what? You know, it is what it is. All this different stuff. I do find it funny how we start winning and we have the best season we've had in decades. And it, of course, fans couldn't be there. Of course, Browns fans <laughs> couldn't be there. I know. In full, at least. The announcer at the... When we clinch, what? Who's the who's the Browns announcer that? Jimmy Donovan, the voice. Is that who it is? Yeah. And yeah. whenever I, when you re-listen to him commentating that game, and it gives you chills, like when he's commentating it, and he says, "And the only thing missing is all of you all," and we're it's there. just like we're there. Shout oh, y'all were there. <laughs> no, but yes, yeah, that was a classic Jim Donovan lie when he said that. It's so good. The grown man weep even harder. Oh, I mean, I had chills, like tears in my eyes. And then, was the game was the game in Pittsburgh when whenever Baker and Wyatt were on the sidelines, and Baker says, "Like, do not be satisfied." And then Wyatt's like, yeah. like screaming, "We're just the same old Browns." Oh yeah, that, that was the, that was the best. Yeah, I got so fired up. Just the same old Browns, huh, boys? And I was <laughs> I'm like, like oh. who is this? It just, sounds terrifying. Why? Like we talk about this every week on the podcast. It's just to finally have a team. Well, you guys actually, and I know you do, but even you guys, even just pretending to like one another, it's the most refreshing thing in the world. We've never had this in Cleveland ever. I mean, it's incredible. And yeah. now question from talking about the history and the curse and all this shit, I'm building the Browns. And just from like an outside perspective, at least the, the coaches and some of the players say that Stefanski puts a lot of emphasis on the history of the franchise. Like, forget about the last, like, 20, 30 years. We're talking about, like, the back of the day, the Jim Brown and, like, the legends that came out of here. Is that something that he pushes 
for the entire organization? Like, that I think that, even I, you know, and you kind of already hit the nail on the head. It does start from, you know, the top down. You know, we have owners who aren't from Cleveland. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's kind of hard for them to get it, but they, they were straightforward with us. They told us the truth, man, we want to win. You know, we, we picked it, we bought a team that, that it's, that's tough, that, that had a hard history and we want to win. And then we have Stefanski who, who doesn't act like he knows more than anybody else, which I love about him. You know, he's Ivy league. He's one of the smartest guys in the room at all times. One yeah. of the best looking too. Yeah. 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 Oh, the salt and pepper. But you know, he's, he's real. And he, if he doesn't, if he doesn't, for example, we were talking about a little earlier, but with the social justice this, this past year, you know, he didn't act like he knew more than anybody else. He knew that guys were outspoken. So what did he do? He said, all right, look, Jarvis, get up and talk to the team. Odell, talk to the team. Kendall Lamb, talk to the team. You know, Chris Hubbard, go talk to the team. If, if you are outspoken about this, go talk to the team. Miles, you know, Talk to us how this has affected you. And instead of him telling us, hey, we're not going to talk about this in the media. We're not going to do this. He said, go do what you want to do. And that gave us trust. That said, all right, if that's what the guy who's leading us wants us to do and trusts us with, with our own mouths, because most coaches are shut up. Don't say anything to the media. Don't, don't talk about this. It's too inflammatory. It's like, look, these guys are outspoken about this. If they want to speak about it, speak about it. And I love that he has an open door where – he allows you to do that. He had a social justice uh, like committee that like we came up with the idea to give, you know, uh, or to provide $250,000, I think, or maybe more in the digital divide in East Cleveland, which is real. I mean, say, say it is or say it isn't like, you know, you have kids in Westlake who have iPads, you know, I'm, I'm watching, you know, we're doing this interview on this big old iPad. They probably have bigger iPads and MacBook airs and all this different stuff. Yeah, in East Cleveland, they barely have shoes. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, yeah. what what back to school equipment do you guys need? Well, I, you know, I need a new computer. Well, you already have two MacBook Airs. What you know what I mean? These kids, all right, I need shoes because I don't have shoes anymore because I wore my shoes out. You know what I mean? So it's it's a very different society and different culture. So it, it was really cool that he was like, look, if this is how we're gonna fight this social justice, then this is what we're gonna do. And I respected it. He's he put his money where his mouth is. You know what I mean? It was great. It's, it's so you say that and people forget or they take you know for granted. East Cleveland's ten minutes the other way. Cleveland's not that big. And like you say, people in Westlake, people on the West Side, or anywhere else, you know, it's it's damn. My Wi-Fi just went out. My life sucks. You know, ten minutes down the road, it's my power just went out. I have no food. So that was that was big. You can't time. take a shower tonight. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's big time. And I also love. The thing about Stefanski is not just obviously that the stuff they did there was incredible. Jawline. The jawline too, but he shows up to all your guys' charity events. That's so cool. Yeah, he is good about that. Like yeah. Kareem has like a Tuesday night charity event somewhere. Like Stefanski shows up. The Miles Garrett like mural. Stefanski's there. Like he just shows up and he's got your guys' back all the time. Exactly. And I guess I just answered the question I was going to ask later: Is how do you come in as a first year coach and you have? Some of the bigger names in sports, and you know, Odell Beckham is one of the most recognizable people in the in the world. You know, Baker's getting up there. Obviously, Wyatt Teller is above all of them, and Carly. But <laughs> right. It's the Gator. It was the Gator. Yeah, it was the Gator. Yes. Oh, we're getting there. So, how do you come in as a first year head coach? And I guess for any professional sport, and maybe this is still a question because we always talk about it when LeBron was in Cleveland. These guys are getting paid bazillion dollars. They're the best in the world at what they do. How do you coach that? Like, how do you go in there and win that room? And it kind of makes sense what you just said about how he's doing that. You don't have yeah. to answer that. You could get his ass on our podcast. <laughs> I could try. But, no, I think that the key to how Coach Stavansky was is he didn't act like he was someone else. When Coach Stavansky came in, he didn't act like he was someone bigger than himself. He said, I'm – He kind of puts you guys all – Kevin Stavansky, nice level. to meet you guys. You know, I, I'm. it's not X's and O's. It's how we're going to work, and we're all about that. You know what I mean? And he – every time we finish, it's – he has a – every time we finish a team meeting, it finishes with work. You know what I mean? Because he goes, that's what we're all about. He starts it with work, and then the last the last uh, slide would be work. And that's what he's all about. He goes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my job, and that's another thing. Like, let's say if our defense or, our, for example, sometimes our offense wasn't doing well or running the ball right, he didn't say, you know – it's it's your fault for you know this or it's his fault or it's this it's like hey we all got to execute better you know i didn't do my job well enough to get you guys ready 
And that's where you realize, damn, he really does practice what he preaches. He knows that he's going to outwork the competition. And by him doing that, he gives us an opportunity, as long as we all do it, to win. So I think that that's I feel like he's a class act. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, to say say the least. Uh, That's... First off, adult ADHD is real. Why you are incredibly well spoken. Like you could probably be run sales seminars or something. Um, <laughs> like Life thirty years football. down the line, once you retire. Um, yeah, yeah, in thirty years. Yeah, throwing that out there. I, w- if you would have asked me a couple years ago, like what I would want in a head coach, like just give me something decent. Let alone everything you just described in that last uh, couple of minutes there. What is it like having the same head coach, the same coaching staff, the same GM, pretty much the same roster with some nice additions? Like that's – we were talking about, you know, the playoff drought, the playoff win drought, et cetera. Having the same group of guys and that type of continuity, is there a like a tangible change in the atmosphere versus showing up last year? Well, there wasn't much of a last year at this time due to COVID, but yeah, I've answered that question. But is there something different that you can tell amongst the guys? Yeah. So no, like when I was drafted to Buffalo, all I can really talk about is my three years of experience, right? I, I, I know that there's guys who have way more knowledge on having seven different coaches in eight years, right? I thank the good Lord have had four and three. So, you know, it, I'm kidding. So it's the same shit, but um, you know, when I had, you fit right in. I was meant to be a Brown boys. Um, but yeah, so when I came from, when I came from Buffalo, you know, we had, um, coach McDermott there, but I had two different offensive line coaches. So, and before that, I, you know, I had the great Frank Beamer and then Justin Fuente with two, three different offensive line coaches in college. So like I knew some change and I've never really focused on, focused on that. But like when we came into mini camp, like we were starting at install seven, you know what I mean? There you know, is 30 installs, but where usually you start week, week one, install one, it's like, man, we're past that. You know, we, we can pick that up much quicker. And that's, that's the, the step forward that when you have 11 guys returning on offense, you have the same offense, the same X's and O's. Yeah. Stuff's going to be called a little bit different. So, you know, teams can't pick up on it. And, you know, you kind of got to, you know, remember stuff. I'm not opening a book and going, holy piss. What is this terminology? I can open it up and say, all right, I know that play. Yeah. Mike, Mike declare, you know, all right, cool you know, four down mic protection, you know, easy. So it's like you can pick it up a little bit quicker and it's much easier to learn it when, or learn the, you know, the jargon of it when you have a basis of knowledge, when you have guys who are doing the same exact thing as you. And that's what's so blessed about the guys that we have in the room. You guys already kind of said on it, like we have really good guys and it's like, oh, you have big names. Oh, it's gotta be these egos. It's like Jarvis is one of the coolest guys I know. Like when I, I gained 16 pounds of lean mass last year and it was like this mind boggling thing. I was number one on the team in muscle mass uh, gain. And I remember Odell, every time he saw me, what up old 16, what up big 16? You know what I mean? Every time he saw me, I'm like, who the hell am I? Like Odell's talking to me, like we're, we're best buddies, you know? So I was blessed to, you know, come into a team that had the talent to do it. But not only that, they got along, got along, you know? I just love when the public thinks they know what's going on in that locker room and they think they can just predict based on interviews and social media, like how you guys act to one another. But I love hearing stuff like that. That actually. Exactly. And I think that is sometimes a big thing is like people forget that like we're all professions in whatever we do. Right. So it's like, yeah, you're going to have different egos, bad, you know, bad apples. You're gonna have all that stuff. But like the coach, the thing about coach Stefanski, the thing about our offense or our team as a whole, you're not going to last long. If you're a bad apple, you're not going to last long. And that's, it's good. It's good to know that because we all have each other back. Great segue into my next question. Uh, I'm going to bring up – I asked you this at the draft. Um, it was just real quick in passing, but I remember we were about – we were probably like five or six picks away. And I, just, I was like – my first time ever watching a draft of the NFL, anyone re- related to the NFL. So I was just like – I was just like, do you guys care? Do you text? Like, do you, I want this – like, obviously, we have the number one pick. That's one thing, but – are you guys caught up in it? Do you care? And you said something to the effects of, I don't care who it is, as long as they're ready to come in and bust their ass. Not verbatim, but something to that effect. Yeah. He said that that night? Yeah. I just, I was like, you said something and it was loud and obviously to do. I was just like, what, do you care about this? And you're like, I just want someone who wants to work hard and have a big year or knows we're going to have a big year or something like that. Exactly. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. 
And I think that that's the biggest thing is like, as you get older, you realize that like it's understanding the formula for success is difficult, right? Like everybody knows the formula, outwork your competition, but not everybody knows the result. It gives you a chance to win. And I think that that's sometimes that's difficult is when someone puts in the work, when someone, you know, has blood and sweat on their hands, or, you know, sweating blood at that point, at that, you know, in their mind, they're like, oh, I, I'm going to win. No, you can still go against Tom Brady and not win. You know what I mean? Like you can still go against the best of that. You know, you know what I mean? But I'm just saying like, sometimes the other teams have Tom Brady. Sometimes the other teams have someone who it doesn't matter how much you work. I don't know what he did to get his ability, but he's going to somehow get across the middle and good luck, you know? So yeah, I think do you guys even talk about the people that are getting drafted. No, 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 not often. Usually, usually, but well, again, and I think I brought this up too. This is the first year that fans aren't looking for a new coach, aren't looking for a new quarterback, aren't looking for a new, you know, yeah, okay. Raleigh was like, this has been the most boring offseason. And I was like, all right, just get us on the podcast. It's fine. <laughs> but it's it's been tough because, you know, when you see... Boring is good, though, for the offseason. Yeah. Right? Yes. 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 Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So this is the first year that we haven't been like, oh, my gosh. You know, I think we were sitting at, what, pick 20... What were we? Six. 26. 26. And it was like, you know, we didn't have to really prove anything. Like, just get a guy who wants to work. And that's what I said, like, you know, I think that we're going to go defense. You know, I, I, I kind of know what's going on, but at the same time, it's like, man, I'm worried about the, I'm worried about the wedding. I'm worried about this different stuff. So usually your off season set up with a bunch of different things that you, you know, you kind of focus on. But I think that, you know, the fans, the, the ownership, the general manager, the head coach, they were all on the same page. Hey, we need to get, you know, a long, young linebacker who can play. That's what we did. You know, I think we need to bolster some of that defense with younger guys. Boom, that's what we did. Well, you know what? We need some depth at offensive line. Yeah, we have 50 guys on offensive line, but I think that it's important to have a guy who can play both, right? That's what we did. So I think that it's important that we we bolstered the team in ways that both the fans understood, because sometimes that doesn't happen. It's like... Never does. Never does. I mean, you got you guys are in Chicago. You know this. Like, when... When you're like, oh, hey, we, why did we pick this quarter? Or not we, but why did the Bears pick a quarterback? When, you know what I mean? So it was just whatever. So there's a lot of questions sometimes that, you know, get put up by the fans or by the ownership. And it was cool that we had both level-headed, <laughs> easygoing, and we got what we had to get done. Well, I'm inspired. I think in, in the, that was great. Great speech right there. That was awesome. Again, <laughs> in defense of the fans, like – I, I have a short – I get pretty pissed off at our own fans a lot when they're quick. It's like, really, you think you know more than anybody in the room. But for a couple of years there, it's like, well, maybe. maybe. You may have known a lot more than our GMs. 2014, the Manziel and uh, what's-his-name. It's like, dude, oh, God. there were so many first-rounders. We could have thrown darts blindfolded and unintentionally hit like a Hall of Famer. And it's like, all right, Justin Gilbert. They did that once on TV, and they, 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 they did it. Yeah, they picked better than than we did. Uh, so, so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, what do you call it PTSD or whatever. But it's still like you could pick somebody that looks like on paper the greatest pick, and they may not pan out. They're not you're not playing against really good college players. You're playing against professional athletes that have been there for yeah. a long time. And that's what I hope you guys and I said this to you guys before. I think in the last episode we had with you guys, I hope you guys know as players that. Anytime, like when we were up 50 nothing against Pittsburgh, no, we were still like even more scared being up that much because the last 20 years, the most Browns thing would have been to lose like 51 to 50. You know what I mean? So anytime that that seeps into us, it's nothing against the current team on the field. It's the 30 years of torture that just has ingrained itself in us. And like, I remember the Dallas game, I have friends that are Cowboys fans. Like, it was a minute left in the fourth quarter. And they're like, you guys must be going nuts right now. I'm like, nope. There's not a it's, – it's quiet in this bar right now because we, we've, yeah. we've seen this movie a thousand times, but it never happened. And it's amazing. I had to bring up the, the Cowboys game, I, you know, I even said it. I think I was mic'd up that game. Oh, yeah. And were. I said it. I was like, you know, it's funny how all these Cowboy fans are bitching. Like, are we really losing to the Browns? But not knowing that, like, 
hey, this ain't the old Browns. Yep. You know what I mean? Like this, this is a new team that will, I don't freaking whoop your ass. You know what I mean? And it's, it's in your best interest to either get out of our way or make it easier. I don't know. I, I haven't told this story on the podcast and it is, Uh-oh. it does kind of focus on the dark times. Uh, no, 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 it was on the up and up times. Uh, 2018, that was Baker's rookie year. This is before you. Uh, first year, I think I had the Instagram account, but I was flying back from uh, visiting one of them, uh, actually, uh, the guy who does our songs, flying back from uh, Santa Barbara, and it was during the Browns game. And as I, like, take off, the kickoff went off, and I'm like, okay, I got a good feeling. I think they're going to do this. Like, we had started getting some wins. And I landed and I got like a bunch of texts, you know, when you hit the ground and your phone blows up and my mom texts me, aren't you so proud of them? They did it. They did it. And then I checked the score and it was like, Google said Browns 43 Raiders 45. And I thought to myself, <laughs> Google made a mistake. <laughs> like there's no way that happened, but it turns out there was like a first down that got overturned and we didn't, go for it on fourth. And it's like, Oh my God. Well, that's chapped me for a couple of weeks, but yeah, anyway, I have never told that story. And <laughs> the tides are turned, baby. Cool. <laughs> so, speaking of tides of turning, talk to us. Cause obviously you got to be a physical specimen uh, and a lot of other things to be in the NFL. Uh, Raleigh and I are not on that level. If you didn't yet. Know. Yeah, it's, yeah, we're getting there. We're talking about – got to talk to you about another uh, – at the end, we have a camp that we're going to start putting on next year. Um, when you guys see – after we end the season last year to the Chiefs, and then you guys see week one, Browns-Chiefs, is that like, let's fucking go? Like, how pumped were you guys when you saw that? Like, the rematch is the first week. Or would you rather have it later on in the season, I guess? Like, that's, I guess that's my question. Well, I mean, I think that it's, it's important to see, like, that's who you got to be. That's the mark. Right. So, yeah. you know, each each year. And I think that, you know, the team that I came from, the Bills, like they kind of got that mindset where it's like, you know, the first year they went, they didn't win. The second year they went. I think that they got close, but they didn't win. Third year, they went all the way to the AFC championship. You know what I mean? And they got a little bit bum rushed by the Chiefs. But what I'm saying is like, you know, they can. Could have been us. Yeah. And I think we would have played better against the Bills, but whatever. Um, we beat them in 2019. Yeah, we did. <laughs> that was, yeah, it was the Wyatt, yeah. it was the Wyatt Teller revenge game. Oh god. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. But no, so I think that like, you know, it's the it's the little stepping stones, right? Like if you have a lot of success in one year and you get complacent, that's where it happens. Like that's what I see when I see the the Bills is they don't get complacent. They they kind of have that mindset of, all right, this is the caliber that this is where we expect to go. So if that's the case, then that's the Chiefs, right? We need to prove that that's the team to beat. So go out there and beat them. And I think that that's going to start off right early and see where see where they're at, see where we're at. I don't know if Stefanski lets players write inspirational quotes, but I read this one time when we started against the uh, Ravens last year. Uh, all the fans on Reddit were kind of pissed off, but one guy said. If you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. And I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, that was sick. Got our asses kicked that game, but hey, new coach, but, go over there. But to, yeah. that, that was, was the first week. That was the first week, and then we were a totally different team when we played a Monday Night Football. Like, and the same thing. We're not going to be the same team. Yeah, we're saying we. We're part of the, We're on the team. Uh, you are on the roster. Everyone from Cleveland thinks you're on the Browns, so it's great. Uh, we know we're not going to be the same team week one that we are week four, six, whatever. So, right. I guess I think yeah. get it over with. Well, get it over with isn't probably the right mindset. I think that it's important to know that, like, that that's who put us out last year. Right? It, there's revenge. There's all this different stuff. But I think if it's more of like a stepping stone. All right, right? Like early on in the season, they're not going to be the same team that we're going to meet them. Let's let's play. Let's hope the second week of the playoffs. Right? Like that's what we want. We want to play them when we or you know in the. Um, semifinals that's where we want to take them so it's like yeah it's it's good to get it done in the beginning of the season and see where you're at but we saw how different it was the Steelers game right like health is an important thing in the NFL um you know I experienced that last year big time but like you know the Steelers did too they were banged the hell up right those last four or five weeks 
and they didn't win. You know what I mean? It was when you don't have a healthy team, it is hard to win. Yeah. And I think that that's important where, you know, that first week, well, we're coming the in Ravens fully had our, healthy. Yeah. Uh, I'm saying like, uh, when we play the chiefs, we're coming in first week fully healthy. right? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like the first week doesn't correlate to the you know end of the season. So we're going to kick their ass. So, you know what I'm saying is like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not a, it's not a hype or, you know, get more excited than you need to be, but it's, it's a game and it, it, it equals one, right? It, that's all you can really focus on. Um, you know, and as, as we keep on going, one and oh, shit, means the Super Bowl. You've been on ESPN Cleveland a few times. Those guys fucking love you. And I love when you're on that stage. I listen to them all the time. So I got to give credit where it's due. They kind of started this, but the whole city's picked it up. It's like everyone in Cleveland, like this, it's just a thing on like Twitter and Instagram is, what are you doing today to help the Browns beat the Chiefs week one? And just people come up with the most outrageous things that like, they think that they're doing to like help the team, like the vibes and like the juju. So, I mean, it's it's so, like, I, love I mean, obviously, like we're selling out games where we're on sixteen because it's Cleveland and we're all just lunatics and, and idiots for the most part. Um, say that respectfully, but <laughs> I mean, it just it's so and you know, we still watch every game and everything. And but I mean, you know, my dad and like my, my uncles and people like talking about the old Browns where you know Sundays were your Sundays were based around what time the Browns played, what time Bernie was coming on. And that's like that. That's coming back. And I think they're so happy because for so many years, I my dad personally, you know, there's times I'd walk in uh, and I'd see him watching the with '84, the '85 AFC Championship game against the Jets, and he's still sitting there, like you know, going through PTSD and like screaming at the TV or whatever. But uh, you know, like, that generation would always tell our generation, "God, I wish you guys just knew like this wasn't always like this. Like we used to be the big dogs in the AFC. Like we used to like our whole lives, we were the team to beat." And so I think just all around, like everyone, like we're finally, it's all coming together. And everyone from all ages, zero to a hundred are just so Gives me chills. Yeah, no. And I, and I think that's important. Like you guys said, like, Hey, we're on the team. Like, no, like that's how brands Browns fans are. Like they, they understand that like it takes a city, right? Like, yeah, you have small markets that, you know, big markets and all this different stuff, but like the fan base has never changed. Like, yeah, there's Fairweather fans in every single thing. And Browns there's fans aren't like that, though. No, no, there are. There's a pretty oh, high. I mean, there's people there. wearing paper bags. But at least they were going know, to the games. Y'all know a lot more than I do, so I should. But what I'm saying, and plus you guys made a meme last year where it was like, like you guys were like looking, oh, he, and they were walking down the road. The, the video. Like, that the hell did these did? guys come from? Random oh. Browns fans. That but, was That was my Mona Lisa. Yeah, no, it was amazing. And, you know, that's what's funny is like it. this city – bleeds for the Browns and it, it, it truly is a blue collar city where football matters. Yeah. The Cavs won. And I, I think that's important that uh, we, you know, broke the city curse, but now it's the football curse, right? Everyone like, tells me that if the Browns win big, like the oh, we're burning did, it down, that it will just be, I mean, I can't tell you, I bet you someone every week in Cleveland that I meet tells me that they're like, you cannot, you don't even know. Yeah. It will, like, the city will burn down. Yeah. Uh, it, it's Whatever fucking, that means. Uh, you no, know, yeah. It's literal. It's going to burn down. It's, <laughs> I, I got to give credit to, I, I get a lot of DMs. <laughs> Sounds weird out Ooh. of context. I get a lot of DMs. Oh, <laughs> wow. Brag some more. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, I'm like, this is Dateline NBC stuff, but there's kids <laughs> that are messaging me, and I'm like, okay, just don't say anything weird, you idiot. Um, but, <laughs> Tell they're jacked up. Like, this is before 11 and 5. That they're so jacked up about the Browns. And I'm like, okay, you're like 14. Like, you were born in the dark ages. I mean, shit. We pretty much were, too, for the most part. But, yeah, like, these kids, have, it's like, did you ever think about the fact, I don't want you to get in your head, I want you to focus on your game, but a win, I don't care what our record is. You guys win on Sunday, it makes the week. Like, it determines oh. if I'm going to listen to ESPN or if I'm just going to unplug my phone, unplug the radio forever. It's like, go crawl and hole. It's like, I know. When, when we win, it's like they talk about things we could work on. I'm like, yeah, we could work on that. That's a good idea. But when yeah. we lose, I'm like, God damn it. Now the first yeah, so. thing Wyatt's going to think when we lose next, it, not that we're going to, Ever. is, wow, Raleigh's going to not watch ESPN this week. <laughs> well, thinking- no, I'm with you guys. So, like, you know, I think that that's – you know, I, I came from, 
you know, DC area. So I know a shitty team. Right. So like, and, but our fans were never good. Like we had more Dallas fans in Northern Virginia than we did Redskins fans. Like at least the Browns fans have stayed true to their team. Yeah. We see more and more coming out of the woodworks. Um, but it, it truly is. It's exciting to see. Like I, I never had success in the, I think the last time the Redskins went to the Super Bowl was the year I was born. So it's like, I didn't really get to actually, it would have been nine months before I was born. So it, it's kind of crazy to, to see, you know, or have that, that, that understanding of how the culture needs to be built. And it's, it's tough. It's difficult to do. Um, and not only that, to, to totally change around where, you know, a few years ago, our team didn't even look remotely the same. You know what I mean? Like three, four years ago, it didn't even look remotely the same. And I think that it's important that we have guys that understand that like, Hey, we're changing. And if, if we change and do the right things, right. If we work hard and have that, that opportunity for success, like we're going to make people grown men and we already did. Right. But that's last year's success. Right. We're going to make a city burn down. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, and this isn't a small market. You know what I mean? Like this is the market where people can get paid. You know what I mean? Like it's, in Buffalo, it's hard to get paid, right? Like, that's all I know. In Cleveland, you can get freaking paid. So, like, this is the market where if you win, I mean, look at Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas wasn't on a winning team, but he was a winner, right? And damn it, if he's not going to go down in infamy, you know what I mean? He is always going to be, you know, the man of the Midwest, you know what I mean? Because that's, that's Cleveland. Safest, cool $100 million, too, all doing it. Must be nice. Yeah, safest jersey to buy. I knew this body of mine. I should have been a lineman. That's (laughs) that is is just poet. Oh, that's just giving me tingles. I'm I'm so excited right now. Um, (laughs) What I had another heavy question. Was it a heavy question? But adult ADHD is real. And I can't think. I wish we could just record nothing but Carly's facial expressions. We may not time. record anything. Uh, well, you got to keep in mind that also Carly's trying to take a picture no, every five no, seconds. No, and I'm also always trying not to, one, I'm trying to get better about interrupting. And so I'm trying not to say anything, but I still have to express myself. So I'm glad you guys see my expression. Uh, every time you've said something, Carly, I think it's been really funny. So if anyone's oh, saying gosh, that, Thank you. That means so much. Yeah, no, I, I... Oh, I remember what I was going to say. I may not be the funniest person of all time, but I'm, I think I'm like Michael Jordan of knowing when something's funny and what you've said is very funny. I try to, I'm trying She's to, a great sense of humor. She does. Yeah. Thanks, baby. I'm trying to speak with purpose and I'm trying not to interrupt because we all know everybody just wants to hear why I talk, so. Hey. Because then when you hear us talk, we just have lots of football questions. Right. So, so we'll, we'll get to the non-football questions here in a minute, but... I mean, it's okay. And we, Cleveland, pe- Cleveland people, we love Buffalo. We love Bills Mafia. We're very much two peas in a pod in a lot of different ways. So no yeah. disrespect here. But I will say they had a few years more recently than we have of success. So the nation has seen Bills Mafia because it's a story for people that want to put on TV. But the second they put just one camera into that muni lot, it's going to be like, I mean, it's like Carly, I, I told oh, you, I like, I got to go to the muni lot. And I said, have you ever yeah. been to a third world country? I mean, you will see things you've never seen before in your life. And you look around and you wonder, where do some of these people go when they're not in the muni lot? Like, they're, they're well, like, well, they let you in. Yeah, well, yeah, but you, I mean, you'll see, you will see things you've never seen before in your life. Here. I mean, I've been to plenty of Virginia Tech tailgates. I've been to a WVU tailgate one, I think. I will say collared shirts. I will say that, but like that's that's. Hey, we did. It's a good point. Like you know, she just brought up Virginia Tech. Like I've been blessed with really, really amazing fan bases. Well, I've never been to a tailgate. The other day, I was like, yeah. I beat him at cornhole when we were at a resort because he's never played it. Well, not only that, like I, I try to do too much spin. I'm, I haven't practiced oh, well, enough for oh, the well. spin that I do. Like now, can jam. Good luck. I will slam that mofo in. But um. Games. Darts. Oh, drinking so, games, pool and darts. So will y'all be in the muni lot? Do you want to meet in the muni lot? Yes. And muni. will y'all be there? We we'll be there. We'll yeah. be in we'll be in LA. We'll be in away games too. Yeah, we'll be in a lot. If anybody says you're not allowed here, you're not from here, you just be like, um, I was on the Dogs of War podcast once, and they'll be like, yeah. Oh, 
I'm so sorry. Yeah, and, free card, free pass. And you can shotgun a beer. Well, do you have to like mention why? We can, yeah. We can, well, we can talk about this later, but do you have to have like a spot? Is the muni lot, isn't it like really strict? You just walk in. Carly, you're married to a player. You could, like, you're you're fine. Like, this is your, you walk in. It's not like a ticketed event. It's a bunch of ghouls in a parking lot. (laughs) Egg bowling at six in the morning. Like, people line up at 4 a.m. They sleep overnight just to get their car. If you have a vehicle, you just walk in. If you have a vehicle, you got to. How do they not block out by like 10 a.m.? Oh, they do. Oh, yeah. 10. It's been done. Uh, no, but that's it, no, it's awesome, and I and I think that that's important. Is like you know there is all those traditions. They have all those things. Like yeah, everybody knows that Bill Mafia loves to bring the tables, but like whatever. that wasn't national news until two years ago. You know what I mean? And now it's like oh, they love slamming on tables and all this different stuff. They're crazy, and it's like yeah, well they've had a taste of success. You know, wait till Browns fans did. Well, also the Muni lot would have been crazy last year, but because of COVID, they couldn't be there. So oh my god, for it this year. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. Cirrhosis is going up by the percentages. <laughs> yeah, get an Emily Roggenberg shirt that says "If Lost, Return to the Muni Lot." Did you see those that I posted about today? Wait, the Muni Lot—it's got Muni Lot on it now. Yeah, well, she's doing those too, so they'll say "If Lost, Return to the Muni Lot." Isn't that great? I just bought the Return to Cleveland shirt. If Lost, I love that. I told her, and I posted to her and Kyle. I said, "You guys, this might actually save my life in Chicago one night." <laughs> like, it honestly might great investment yeah um on to you, you we've covered a lot of really great topics i'm kind of dumbstruck with how jacked i am hearing it from a the players talking about how kick-ass the organization is where they're at oh my goodness any um spotlights stand out new guys and we would categorize them as new vets and new rookies that you're like damn that kid can play. That grown ass man can play. Uh, yeah. So our whole defensive line uh, doesn't look anything like it did last year. And I'm I I'm right in the middle of the locker room. Uh, I'm so my two locker partners, Miles Garrett, who's he was born in a petri dish. I don't think he's human. I think he's Avatar. And then Jadavian Clowney, right next to me. So it's like. <laughs> I'm like, all right, guys, can you get your abs out of my eye vision for a second, please? You no. abs, baby. Yeah, underneath the whole keg. But no, it's like, I have a six-pack. Dead hang pull-ups. Yeah, but no, it was just, I was looking, I was, I'm just like, you know, it's a star-studded, it was already star-studded. And now it's like, geez, these guys are awesome. Not only that, like, Damian Clowney, he's hilarious. You know what I mean? Malik Jackson, he's, you know, right across the little uh, comment. down the way there. Just down the air. He's right between, uh, I think it's uh, JC and Joel. So it's like, (laughs) you've got all these, you know, big names and stuff like that. And it's like, you know. So this year, can you guys all be in the locker room together like that? Because last year it was like, they were. If you're vaccinated, life is back to normal. Yeah. At football, at least. That is neat. But if, if you're not vaccinated, for example, there's a I'm not gonna HIPAA. I'm not gonna say who's not, but there's guys who aren't, aren't and for good reason, whatever reason they want, they don't have to get vaccinated. They still have to wear face masks. If they get close contact with anybody who got it, they're out for uh, a week. So like, it's almost better. It's almost like too incentivized to get. It's it's weird. But that being said, I'm vaccinated, so it's uh, yeah. Any of the uh, new guys on the any of the new rookies uh, catching your eye on either side of the ball? Again, usually, I mean, I'm worried about myself. I think that there's, there's a lot of guys who um, we just did mini camp. So it was, a, it was three days, you know what I mean? So it's like, I haven't really seen a lot of these guys working out, but we have, we have some good guys. We have smart kids, you know what I mean? And it, it's kids I'm three years old. You know, there's some really smart, talented guys who I think, right, they will find out very soon what kind of work, what, what kind of work they put in. Hey, so you've already worn Crocs, correct? You like your Crocs. Yep, you got them on right now. See, all right. So Greg Newsome, rookie, came in. It's like he's trying to get sponsored by him and get the team on him. But you've kind of already, like, been there, done that. So you can, like, stuff him into a locker, like, the first week? Or what? how does that work? Wait, that's our thing. Shaving cream in a locker. He's going to go in there. No, I'm kidding. We'll cut that um, 
No, so I mean, if he can if he can pull that off for the whole team, I mean, really, Crocs are nice, but they're kind of just like chill shoes. If he could get us a Converse, like you know, for that kind of for lifting shoes, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think that we we at Crocs hit us up. We need the oh shit. Yeah. Uh, no, you don't have to. They're thirty dollars. You guys do great in price. <laughs> hey, uh, I noticed that you have a beard there, Wyatt. If you are ever looking to shave it, you should use Manscaped, one of our partners and trusted affiliates. Is affiliates the right word? Yeah, that's perfect. Almost forgot. I already have two of them. I got two of Wyatt. Whatever. I just got to do a Manscaped ad. We're paid. We're rich again. Let's go. Yeah. No, but for real though, and that's a great point you brought up because now that summer's here. Are you guys ready to unveil your beach bods? You're in luck because our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, y'all. The 4.0. Compliment that summer bod like Raleigh and I have with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas and ladies, too. It's, you know, anyone can do it. Join the two million men worldwide, including Raleigh, Wyatt, and myself, who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guy summer. By going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. One more time, holla at your boy. Manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. If you can find anyone in podcasting world who can do an ad read like that off the cuff, like I just did without you even telling me it was coming, I mean, come on. I don't try that to. Was I don't, that was really good. I don't want to put him on a pedestal I'm in front of you know pro athletes and his wife. <laughs> And professional memers, but like that was pretty good. Anyway, I got no, take that was really good. Hey, talent. talent comes in all shapes, sizes, forms, all that stuff. That was talent, and we're all gonna get rich. <laughs> we love it. No, but you know, it's funny. I have two manscapes. Obviously, oh, one for, really this, for this up here, and I don't, I don't contaminate with each. You oh, feel gosh. me? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, God, this is a we better double our rates on this freaking oh, yeah, episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we let you guys get back to your normal lives, we've been taking up all your time. Um, can we just talk about the Gator for a second? Yeah, what tastes better, regular free range Gator or like the store bought stuff? And one more thing <laughs> on top of that, I have never, outside of your wedding pictures, to be fair, I have never seen a happier person in the world than when you had that thing on your back and were walking and you just like died and went to heaven. How do you, how do you hunt a Gator? Like, I don't know how else to ask a question. Yeah, so it all started. So one of my buddies who actually plays defensive line for the uh, Dolphins, Zach Sealer, he invited me down to go. He owns a hunting property in Central uh, Florida, and he I wanted to go hog hunting. So he was like, "Come on down, and get some hogs." That being said, he didn't tell me that he just had some like Russian benefactors, some rich dudes who came in and shot on a helicopter and shot like three hundred gators or three hundred uh, hogs. So regardless, I didn't see a damn hog. So it's like the second day, and he's like, yo, you know, we have gators if you want to get on that. And I'm like, when in Florida, let's do it. So we walk over. It's this big tin. I mean, it was a high fence, probably eight feet. Eight foot and fence. There's like and it was like an eight. Tons, lakes of gators. Yeah. And there was like two or three one-acre size ponds, which had little inlets and stuff like that. Obviously, they can go from each little hole, but for the most part, big gators stay in the back. Smaller gators stay in the front. They, you know, obviously feed the big gators. Um, so there's it, was a gator. a, it was a completely legal guided hunt. So, like, it's like when yeah, people go are, out west and pay to hunt stuff. These what? gators. Uh, these are animal. These are human killers. Relax. All right. Yeah. Well, that, no, that being said, like, these are raised for what I did. Um, there's, I mean, there's I'm all kinds of gators. because I've been, like, like targeted by people. Like I was going to ask if you got shit from PETA. For- oh, she did. She did. Well, it was Europeans. It wasn't even PETA. It was like... And it was like a week after I yeah. posted it. Anyway, keep going, babe. So if you need me to cyber bully anyone, I got you. <laughs> Thank okay. you. And it's funny how they're like, oh, screw you, Wyatt. And I'm like, I'm not hearing any of this. You're just attacking my wife. Like, if you want to say that to my face in person or throw oh. case blood on me, I'll probably... Mm, I love it. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to you're not gonna trigger me. Regardless. I... I in the in the whole pen in the front side, you know, you've got three to five foot gators. In the back, there's fourteen and a half foot gators, like eighty five year old gators, crazy. Um, yeah. So you go in there, you grab a fishing pole with a treble hook in tuna braid, which is like five hundred, seven hundred fifty pound, like breaking test. You throw it over the back of the gator you chose, 
and reel it in. And let me tell you, these these are dinosaurs. I was I was basically hooked onto a Velociraptor. It was taking me all over. We get it up to like basically close enough to the shore. We throw a lasso on it, pull it up. I mean, I had a cut on my hand from how much like tension was on this cord. Obviously, you don't wrap your hand. I was an idiot. I wrapped no, my hand. No, you guys, he's so, he's so strong. I FaceTimed him while he was doing this. I'm holding him. Like, I swear, he's holding this fishing pole, and I FaceTime him because I'm trying to buy like shirts for our honeymoon. I'm like, babe, do you like this Tommy Bahama shirt? And he's like, babe, I'm fishing. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Calls me back five minutes later. Can't talk. Throw my phone. And I just thought, oh, he's fishing. He's in Florida, whatever. And like five minutes later, he calls me back. And so we get it up. We lasso it up. We carry it onto the ground. We get it just enough onto the ground that we can, you know, put it down, put it humanely out of its misery, put it to sleep. Um, And, you know, one of the one of the uh, people were like, "Hey, do you want a picture?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure. I'll send it to my wife. I don't have any social media, so fiance you know, fiance." So yeah, I'll, I'll send it to my fiance. I don't I don't care. So they put it on my back, and then the same guide was like, "Well, shoot, you made that look real easy because I literally just grabbed it by its legs, threw it over my back, and picked it up and squatted it up." And they were like, "Wow, you made that look real easy. How about you just carry it to the truck?" And I was like, "Yeah, no problem." So I just start carrying it to the truck. And, you know, again, I don't have any social media, so this isn't for clout. You know what I mean? This is just to have this memory forever. And, you know, someone took a video while I was carrying it. I throw it into the back of the truck. I never thought anything of it. And within 30 minutes, it was viral. It was crazy. Well, we should probably let them get back to their normal lives. Yeah, soon. Give yeah it's past your bedtime. You got. Yeah, you got. Uh, we got. <laughs> well, like I have a 5 a.m. jog. I don't know what you have. I mean, you're in the NFL, so hopefully. You know. Excellent. What, what? Uh, that's usually about the time I'm waking up. What are you guys doing right now? Anything? Uh, so I can't speak for everyone. I can speak for myself. I'm training my nuts off right now. Let's, say, Making, let's go. <laughs> Making sure that the success that we had last year isn't just a minute of success. It's a decade of success. You know what I mean? So it's like whatever I can do for the team. And I'm not just saying that to get you guys hyped. Like truly like, like I had a good year last year, but it doesn't mean shit <laughs> if I don't do it again this year. And stay healthy. Right. And stay healthy. Hang on, I'm just We're making sure this thing's right. <laughs> couple of tears. Hang on. Hang on. No. I guess yeah. in hindsight, yeah, that is pretty emotional. Can't beat that. There's a lot of life lessons to take away from this specific episode of the Dogs of War podcast. Ooh. Wyatt, you keep doing you. You keep training. But I swear to God, if you get some kind of gator-related injury, I'll never forget you. <laughs> like, hey, that's the thing. I, we made sure like that, that gator's mouth was taped. Don't you worry. When you talk about like a cut on your hand, I was like, did he try to Steve Irwin the thing? Which I don't even know. What no, that. like it was like a rash. It was. Oh, he was fine. Yeah. Okay. Trust well, me. hey, and I think that people forget this, but like we get hit by three hundred pound grown men. Yeah, yeah. Full speed every play. Like, yes, I understand. Don't be an idiot. Don't be. You don't need. I don't need to own a motor- motorcycle. You know what I mean? Know, I don't people need are to. Like Miles Garrett, don't play basketball. It's like, but it's like you do understand okay. that like. An injury can happen walking down the stairs. Like it's the freak stuff that happens that you, yeah. like, for example, when my calf popped, I had just uh, folded to Forrest Buckner and he, I was like trying to be respectful and not put my, my stuff on his neck. And I like popped back. I popped back. That's what happened. Like, it's not that I threw him down or I was like trying to just run to him and guy. someone hurt me. No, I was trying to be a good guy and get off of him. And my calf popped. Winding down, almost done. Cause I, I wanted to just being an old lineman just suck. <laughs> like there's worse jobs in the world let me tell you that that there are because I, I you literally have to try to manhandle a guy that's trying to manhandle you but it's not like you're manhandling me and kevin at the same time which would be easier than the <laughs> lowest dead. tier player. more like calais campbell six foot eight 310 pounds yeah people like, like that okay we so, just have to like if i if i got bodied up too hard in like a pickup game of basketball I would be shook for a week. <laughs> and you guys do that every damn play. So you don't yeah. even save that question uh, for the next, next episode. podcast episode once we're like back to back championships. Um, <laughs> but God damn, for those. What a great episode. We salute you. That's. Yeah. Well, that, no, no, I'm saying there are worse jobs in the world. This was my favorite episode. Yeah, we covered 
Maybe ever. Gators, holy matrimony, Gators, playoff haters, win, wedding. the Second Amendment. Gators and haters, baby. Goddamn, yeah. really me from the Paleozoic era. Good stuff. No, yeah, thank you guys are. <laughs> and hey, uh, did I do a good job? I crushed it. And you, you, you crushed it last I, time. I, I, we're doing a, I'm doing a super lapse thing of just your facial expressions. If they're still time. winning, first off, when you said that you were like, you said you talked too much last episode. I'm like, I didn't think so. And you said your family said, the family is the realest people ever because they all trash face and they'll talk about how great you are behind your back. Um, if Carly's family is still listening, which it's, they obviously they be, are. Uh, yeah. They will be. You're just a delight. And oh, happy you. for you guys in the new stage of life, one on the marriage side of things, but two on the post-playoff win side of things. Hey. Uh, we love you guys. So, no, thank no. you guys. Truly appreciate it, as always. I know the people listening love hearing about you guys. Um, so thank you again. We appreciate you. Love y'all. Mr. Best and Mrs. Luck. Pancake King uh, of the Midwest. We're already, yeah, we're already inviting ourselves <laughs> to training camps. We'll see you there you know, next month. But uh, no, thank you guys so much again. Best of luck. We'll talk soon. And uh, good night, Cleveland. Yeah. Good night, Cleveland. Thank you, guys. Oh,